2: Hey everybody, Scott Luton and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Hey, we're recording, broadcasting from Connections 2021, right down here in Miami, Florida, the magic city with our dear friends from Omnia Partners. Right, Greg? Yeah,
1: dear friends, as a matter of (laughs) fact. We've known Barb forever, and this is our first time meeting her. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> and you're letting the cat out of the bag. Um, I'm sorry, right. I
1: did it out of order again, didn't I? That's
2: okay. <laughs> well, hey, we, we should a big a big shout out. Omnia Partners have been wonderful hosts, very hospitable. Yeah. Can't believe I nailed that word.
1: That was I had good. trouble
2: with it yesterday. But what's been one of your favorite parts about this conference? Before we interview our guests,
1: I'd have to say Sarah being our sherpa for this thing. She <laughs> makes sure everything happens right. She, if we need anything, or if we need any info, uh, seriously, that's been a, that's been a great part of it. But truthfully, uh, I think the discussion we had with with Kevin Heath and with Paul yep. Noble at uh, Verison yesterday, just a great perspective, getting some eyes on what they're seeing in the marketplace yep. and what's going on that. Um, and, and some great guidance on how companies can really tackle the issues that they're seeing today, one of which we're going to talk about with you two today.
2: Massive issue yes, today. massive issue. Massive.
1: And, and, you know, some good pointers on what to do about it.
2: Agreed. So, folks, if you want market intel, best practices, how to move forward with you and your organization, this is a great event to be at, Connections 2021. And it's largely because of people like our two panelists yeah. here, esteemed panelists. So, Greg, I get the, uh, my feeling is that although Kevin and Paul threw the gauntlet down yesterday, we have a challenger for best I episode so. yet. I really so, do think so. Let's yeah. introduce. And they're much
1: funnier. <laughs> <laughs> we already know
2: that. That's <laughs> <Not> true. <laughs> uh, Barb, <laughs> Barb Sexton, Vice President, Partner Development Corporate Services with Omnia Partners. Hello, Barb. How you doing? Hello. Great to see you. We're going to chat about that, how, how it all started in a moment. Uh, and Tim Holland, Contingent Workforce Solutions Specialist, also with Omnia Partners. Tim, how you doing? Good, good, to see you. and thanks for making me part of the call. Yeah. Oh, you bet? Well, we've enjoyed the, the pre-show conversation so much already. Hopefully, we we're recording that. Uh, we've got to get to the good stuff, though. So, Greg, we want to kind of get to know our guests yeah. first. And I want to start with Tim. So, Tim, tell us a little about yourself and, and give us the good stuff now, Tim. Uh, well, let me start with by saying I, I'm married
0: and i haven't been been allowed to make a decision since then so uh, that pretty much sums up my life Uh, other than that on a professional basis however i've been with omnia partners for seven years and uh curious interesting thing in college i never expected myself to be in this contingent workforce world and fresh out of college and walking down the street and Saw a temp agency, and that's how I got involved
2: in the industry, and wow. never left. And that's all I've done ever since I left college. So. Wow! And we hear Tim's a bit of a, a, a labor whisperer. Is that right? Uh,
0: <laughs> I thought he was a is, comedian. Is, is, is that similar to horse open, whisperer? The yes. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> so,
2: what, one final point: you are, were a fellow at Atlanta for yeah, a long right, time, man. and, and was. Re- was, but now you, you're up in Chattanooga, I believe. Is that right?
0: I am in Chattanooga, yes. Once again, going back to my original point about I, I really don't make decisions anymore. Ah. Uh, it was uh, my wife, uh, both of us now in, enjoying remote work yeah. and uh, allowed us the opportunity to move somewhere that you wouldn't normally move to from a job perspective. Yep. And, uh, Here she, we are. She loves the mountains and the river, and she told me not to be gorging and to... <laughs> also be doing outdoor stuff and so i'm trying to balance right now the gorging versus semi-gorging
1: so so you're living the top some of the topics we're going to talk about today i am
2: i (laughs) am
0: experiencing
1: it from both sides near
2: and dear Mm -hmm. to my heart absolutely so that's just one half of the dynamic duo we have here today so up next barb sexton now barb before you tell us about yourself it's important to note You know, we've enjoyed a variety of conversations and collaboration with Omnia Partners, and it all largely started from an interaction we had with Barb on a live stream and then a conversation a couple years ago, and we've been tracking you uh, as well. And by the way, I love your glasses if you're checking out the video. Um, But Barb, tell us a little about yourself. All right.
3: So, also married. Apparently, we're
1: off the market. <laughs> um, if for anyone in the audience who's wondering.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: well, it kind of feels like we're, we're at a... I'm waiting for signs to go up yeah. or something, right, but... Right, it's
3: an Off right? the market, folks. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, uh, military family, lived all over the nation, uh, came from the human resource, HR background, yeah. and uh, yeah. did... it did some time in the staffing business before landing at Omnia Partners, and I've been here just going on 11 years now. Wow. So.
2: Um, military family, what a particular branch do you gravitate towards?
3: Uh, husband, 21 years Army, oldest son, 4 years Army, wow. youngest wow. daughter, 6 years Air Force. Wow.
1: So. Well, So your daughter's a heck of a golfer,
2: isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> One for Greg. One for Greg. <laughs> Well, thank you. You know, family is sacrificed to do exactly what you just described and kind of sometimes that stays in the blind spot, but we are very grateful for your husband, son, and daughter service. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, so now we've got a little flavor for Barb and Tim. Um, We know we're having
1: fun. We're having a blast. Yeah, Yeah,
2: we knew we would, though. Yeah, right. Uh, We'll enjoy our pre-show conversations. Let's uh, level set a bit. Now, um, we're going to be talking about Labor challenges and, and that kind of not as much the future of work, but kind of the current state of work and yeah. some, some of those the challenges now there. Work. The now, yes. Right. Um, so, Tim, I'll start with you. When it comes to hybrid and remote work, what are some of the things you're seeing and perhaps living?
0: Yeah, well, and I, and I think it's not necessarily going to come as a shock to, to many, right? You've got organizations that primarily are still in the mode of of looking to continue to maintain the remote work for an indefinite period of time, but really morphing into, I I don't know if you would say at this point that majority of companies are doing it, but a higher percentage than not are looking to make hybrid and remote a permanent thing. Uh, And in fact, many companies that we know of Coming in now, the, the hybrid could be anything from a couple days a week on a rotating basis to um, perhaps you know meetings and things in more centralized spots and you don't have offices necessarily. And so it's really changing the, I mean from top to bottom because that happens, it changes really anything that happens and affects an office because you really don't have any more you know you don't have specific spaces anymore now, right. No right. Water which is interesting no All water cooler of dynamics have shifted,
1: right?
0: it's it's and again is it is it permanent generally speaking it is permanent to it's on a spectrum right you, we went from 0 to 100 we'll ever go back to 0 and never go back to 0 we'll go back to 50 probably vacillate in that 50 to 70, 50 to 100% kind of spectrum, right, right? Really? right? It's going to change back a
2: little bit, but it'll never go back to where the way it was. But, and and you got a, a number of things you're balancing there. Of course the needs of the business, but also the the the, uh, the employee experience, yeah. right? The EX. Yeah. Where they feel comfortable. Where can we uh, maximize not only what th- what they want to do, but also with their prote- uh, productivity, right?
0: Well, yeah, and and it, and it you know, and it's interesting because I think the the conversation also leads to, uh, you know, who's going to be more interested in going back into the office? Who can be more productive in an office setting? It's interesting. So, my wife, who I started out speaking about. Yeah. What's she, your wife's name, she, by the way? She, her name is Marie. She works. I love Marie. She's in HR, and by the way, even though I've been technically in HR my whole career, she tells me to tell people that I'm not that I'm not in HR okay. because she's in HR <laughs> and she doesn't. She never believes that I'm in HR. She knows where the line is. You are not there. Yeah, I don't.
1: Know, I agree with her.
0: I, I don't know if she thinks <laughs> I got a squeegee in them on uh, you know you know uh, corners like wiping people's car windows, but um, so at any rate, so I, I digress on that, but. It depends also on the workforce. So what we're seeing and what we're hearing is different sectors of people that are, you know, in the different age groups and the different generations. Some of those generations more likely to want to go back in versus others. You know, I, I think the trend is the older the worker, the less they want to go back in a traditional office. You're just talking really? about that. Oh. And,
1: The less they want to go back.
0: The less they want to go back. Wow,
1: I guess I would have
3: thought the opposite. Yeah, the the baby boomers, the working parents wish to stay remote. It's the college, uh, the millennials, and the Gen Z. They want to be back in the office, collaboration, face-to-face. They're more social. They're more interaction. They need that personal feedback.
1: That's a stunner to me. I mean, I... I can see both cases of course as you talk about that but i guess i would have thought that the more the workers who had kind of the tradition and the history of doing that kind of work would want to stay and and i can say not a baby boomer but very close gen x right i'm i'm kind of digging staying you know working remotely right and being able to work from anywhere but i really guess i thought you know, it would have been the younger generation. That's well, really
0: interesting. Yeah, well, and well, the people that never had, never worked remote because a lot of the baby boomers and the next generation, there wasn't a lot of remote work back. Yeah, you know, sure. back when they were in the midst of their careers, I right? I couldn't
2: bag groceries back in high school remotely, for sure.
0: Exactly. But if you can, you know, so as they got as they got used to staying at home, wow, I didn't realize how much more time I had on my hand and how much more productive I've been. And even even sectors like HR, you would think HR, employee relations, got to see the person, got to you know got to be in front of that individuals. Even HR is morphing again. Right. Going back to my whole, sit, my whole uh, personal uh, comment is is that even you know even my spouse, she was the last person to want to do remote, the very last person. She loved the interaction. Now, if she didn't have to go back to the office one even one day a week, right? That would be fine with her. So it's amazing that the oh, transformation of those kind of people, versus yeah. I was always mostly remote. Agreed. This is this it's is kind of how you're
1: going to keep them down on the farm, right? Right. Now that they've
3: seen.
0: Yeah, the you oh, can't. Right? Yeah, you can't. You can you can't unsee. <laughs> right. What we've just seen. That's, that's a really, point. that's yeah. a really good. And analysis. from a talent a acquisition
3: perspective, it. that's really been the, the trend. Right? Is how do we now attract that talent? if we want to go back to the workforce or if right. we want to go back to the office versus have a hybrid model versus You've got to compete remote. in
2: a different manner, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So let's go there. Um, so Barb, I appreciate uh, some of the statistics and your last comment there, but what else would you add, especially when we open it up to the overall labor supply and, and outlook? What else would you add to that?
3: There's a, an extreme shortage.
2: Yep. Well, <laughs> right? that's right. That's let's, right. Let's yeah. Call it what it is, right?
3: It, absolutely. Across the board. So the, the shortage in the industry used to be in your skill sets, right? The mechanical, the trades, the technical. The um, supply chain. And now it's supply chain, absolutely. And now it's just across the board.
0: Yeah. Well, um, well people have short-term memory if you think about it. You know, 2019 before this all happened, it was a historic shortage of people anyway. Uh, states, states and cities like Minneapolis at that point were, were gyrating between 1.7 and 1.9 percent unemployment right. rate back in 2019. Now you fast forward, right? You go, where are all the people? where they go? I mean, I've had like 10 conversations, the same question. Right. It's where did they all go? It's well, obviously the stipends and the you know, and the stimulus is help those people stay on the sidelines. Now. Most of those are starting to dwindle, right? So as they dwindle, you would expect that all those people come out of the, come out of back out of nowhere, back in the workforce. Right. It's, it's not, not ha- it's not happening for two, for two really reasons. Is is that one is don't forget they just weren't there in mass before this happened, right? Because you had an aging population. The e- even they're saying right now that the birth rate isn't keeping up with right. like there's a higher death rate, first time in history supposedly, or close to the first time. The death rate is exceeding the birth rate in, in many cities, right? So, um, so you've got you've got the fact that you, you you didn't have people before. You you gave you gave you gave the population incentives to avoid potential workplace or help them to weather this right weather this situation, and then even though it's over, some of these folks they're they're also concerned on the safety part still, yeah, right? Yeah. So they don't want to go back into a into a work, a busy work environment.
2: So right. you got a, a perfect storm brewing it's, for it's sure. Awesome. And it's a, a new, cool. and, and, and some traditional elements to the labor equation, but also some very new elements. Um, we want to talk about the great resignation in a moment. But before we do, Anything else to add? And and Greg, I'll I'll throw you in here too. Anything else to add in terms of what else you're seeing before we specifically kind of define what this great resignation is, Bart?
3: That would be a perfect lead-in.
2: Okay, great. Great
3: resignation. That's what we're
2: seeing day in and day out.
3: It's just kind of a vicious circle. It, It really is just talent pool and availability, and it all leads back to the workforce and the environment, right? Attracting, retaining talent.
1: Yep. I think this has been... A big awakening for people you know as as you said so two generations at least two generations in the workforce had hardly worked remotely at all now they've seen what it's like and they have an incredible appreciation for it right i mean you know atlanta it's not uncommon to have a 32 mile commute to work that's just one example i mean l.a new york there are many that are much much longer even and now that people don't have to endure that, they've seen the productivity and the life quality that they've gained back from not having to have that. And it has been, an, I would say, an awakening from that standpoint. And right. once people's eyes are open to it, as you said, you can't unsee that. Well, and, y- and it has given people, and also people were locked at home for months on end and that gave them a lot of time to think about how they wanted to live their life when yeah. they really couldn't live their life and right? they really had not a lot to do but think yeah. for a month or two or some even more. Well, it, it
0: gave people a chance to experience the trade-off that they always wanted to experience and that they were always locked in their 15 and 20 year jobs and fearful about what would happen if they took that chance. And you know what? I wanna go and I wanna live in an island somewhere. I wanna go and I wanna, you know, I, I'm an outdoors person. I wanna right. live in a mountain and I can't, maybe I can't even you know, I can't have my job anymore and do that. And now they've obviously found a way to do both. Right. And here's the really curious part, is, is that a good percentage of those folks, even if the everything switched back to what was the previous semi-normal, they wouldn't go back. Right. right. They would say, you know what, I'm so far along right. and I've experienced this,
2: I'm going to find a different job and right. I'm going to leave.
0: Which is- that Where's leads your great to the resignation. resignation,
3: right? And right. that's yeah.
2: you're speaking to the impact because employers and business leaders have to address just that, right? We're, we're losing. Not only are we losing the labor, but we're losing the tribal skill sets and tribal knowledge organizations. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes,
1: we are. Well, yeah,
2: and that, and so people are even either getting out or is
0: they're making the change. So people are moving now. It depends also on the type of work you do, right? Yep. You know Where is this happening? Well, I would say two things that are really dramatic trends. One, we've never ever seen this, not in my lifetime, and I don't think in history, where there was a dearth or a, a, there was a shortage of folks that were in that entry-level role, in that unskilled role, right? Yep never seen it before where like there's a shortage there's never been now there's been a shortage of it there's been a shortage of engineering right there's been a shortage of almost any other skill city can think of but somebody that doesn't perhaps even have a high school degree no work experience there's a shortage of those folks willing to come to work right so so the the great resignation part is there's that but the resignation part is the folks that uh, you know, it's happening primarily in the higher skilled roles, right. the engineering, where people were at pay rates, you know, in the fifties, sixties, hundred dollars. You know why? Because they, they've got built up, they've got built up uh, wealth, right. right? And they still need to work, yes, but they're they're willing to risk it because they've experienced what it is to be living in, in the mountains yeah. and going, <laughs> yeah. you know, going kayaking every weekend versus, right. man, I lived in a subdivision in the outside of Atlanta. Yeah. And they were fearful for 20 years to make it, but once they did, they're like, you know what? I'll take a chance almost on anything. I'll take a chance out of not having my job anymore.
3: One and I'll in figure four it out. Yeah. is supposedly looking for a new career. One in four. Four people is looking for a new I'm going to say, thought. And.
0: and, and and, and some don't even know they should be looking right, for a new job, right, right, frankly. Right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just counting, and there's, good, there's odds that I, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> we have really spent the last 12 minutes talking about level setting, right, getting the major uh, issues of our time, at least from, from a labor standpoint, out on the table. Before we talk about how procurement leadership is responding to these challenges, anything else that you all would like to mention before we kind of talk about what leaders are doing about it?
0: well well i mean from my you know barb comment on this as well but obviously this always used to be that's hr right uh right sourcing was that's that's hr it's too complicated for me yeah it's not a commodity i don't know what to do with it right and then the c level was always again the the chief financial officers now they are getting involved because every part of the organization if it's not number one it's their second highest priority in every company. right? People drive companies. Right.
2: People do the work.
0: and if we and so, didn't know that
1: before, we know that now. Oh, we well, I
2: heard on the news this morning, and maybe this, this percentage is inflated, but 70% of the expense of an organization is on labor? Is yeah. yeah. that yeah. some of the things it's, you're yeah. saying? It's
3: within the top three, with the other being the benefits. Of a program to support Which that labor. Also, labor right, right, yeah. right. So, so.
2: so um, the cost of doing nothing is massive. The cost of doing something is massive, the, and you got to get it right.
0: You can't catch up in this case. Right. So, doing nothing every minute, you're 200% behind anybody else because they've already been doing stuff for months. If you just start now and take it, you know, we have to have a strategy of, of labor management. A strategy of employee retention, a strategy right. of employee attraction. You better not be figuring it out right now. Right. You better be on
2: it right now. And you better figuring. be with an expert that 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 uh, can look far beyond the four wall, walls of your organization and, and really benchmark what other leaders and organizations are doing. You know what I like about Barb, Barb and Tim, but it's like uh, we got college college, college we got college game game day going. Yeah, and we've got. Uh, Tim kind of at the stage giving predictions, and Barb is like the bear bringing statistics yeah. Yeah. to the table, yeah. right? Yeah, both yeah. are very, very important. So we got quite a dynamic show. Up. Who do
1: I get? Lee
2: Corsett. Okay, okay, oh, okay. No. Craig. Wait, you're wait, right. Let
1: me borrow that. Not so fast, my friend.
2: All right, so uh, let's talk. So we're we're. Uh, I'm going to move into what are leaders doing about yeah. it? What are y'all seeing leaders doing about it? It's
1: a tough it? situation, right? Yeah. So,
3: well, how are and, they tackling this? And, and leaders is a good word for it because it's not just HR issue. This is right. an is organizational issue. Yeah. It's not just HR. It's not just procurement, right? Um, speaking to what is procurement doing yep. about this, they're asking to be looped in and engaged early yep. in this situation right? How can we look at the talent management strategy as a whole? So how do we look at not only our, you know, our full-time employee workforce, but how does that link up and fit with our contingent workforce? Yep. How do those mold and how do we keep the full talent pool rolling? So it's, it's definitely an organizational issue. You know, it
2: really speaks to something that came up yesterday as in, and Barb was mentioning again. Yep. Procurement, like, supply chain fought for years to have a seat at the table. And while we consider kind of procurement to be part of really the end-to-end supply chain uh, world, procurement now has a seat at the table, but it's also valued more than perhaps ever before, right? Yeah,
1: undoubtedly. And, it and you know, the, the kind of the traditional borders of procurement have really shifted, right? I mean, staffing as part of that is, I mean, I, I know that's an offering. We talked with Kevin about yesterday, Kevin Heath, your COO, about yesterday. But having an organization that, that is product and human capital sourcing, that is, I think that's gotta be a relatively rare mix these days. But man, you can see it, and it's one of those things where I'm sure a lot of companies are going, well, why didn't we think of that? Right. Right? I mean, but, but this is, um, you mentioned commodities earlier, Tim, right? I'm not gonna say people are commodities, but it is a very tight market not unlike commodities these days and having that kind of assistance has to be critical are you seeing people turning more towards staffing or well, other organizations well to try i, and I mean people? that
0: that is the right question to ask because just before this happened in 2019 18 the trend was by 2020 i mean 2 years ago by 20 literally two out of every four hires was going to be what was considered to be a contingent worker. That's an SOW. That's a 1099. That's a a staffing employee. Two of every four. So what what that's telling you is it's changing the way that companies view the use of total talent, total labor. Because before it was, I need my own employees. They have to be employees. And they're seeing that. That just isn't a reality. Because before this all happened, we were freelancers was always the thrown out term, right? I want to be a freelancer. I want to be an independent contractor, and most people were going there because they already experienced a level of flexibility than ever before. Right. Now you compound this by what just happened, and it just reinforced exactly what was happening and kept perpetrating it going forward. Right? There's nothing to stop now from encouraging, you know, people to be independent contractors because they see. How great it is! Right,
2: absolutely. And why
0: should I go back and be an employee? And so, but what? What one thing that is happening that's really that's really really remarkable right now? I've been in the industry doing this for 25 years, and I've never seen the degree of outsourced recruiting that's happening right now. So I have seen more and more companies go to what we would term a recruitment process outsourcing or a similar concept. Right. I have RPA. never. I, let me put let me put in this perspective. I've been here for seven years at Omnia Partners. Six of those years, in this last 12 months, I've seen probably 300% more RPO use, RPOs than I've seen in any given year prior to that. In fact, I might even say the last three years prior right. is 300% more than the three years put together. Wow. Because companies are looking and saying, we, we went through this downturn we let people go or or people quit
2: we need help recruiting right and this is they look around they see other companies taking this rpo approach and uh, this is the way i guess um let's talk about this Uh, barb i like how you put it when we talked about what procurement leadership's doing they're asking getting paid they got a ton of know-how and uh expertise and, and assistance and facilitation expertise in particular of how to approach it, right? Resources. Yes, let's right? Talk, so by extension, let's talk about GPOs and of course, Omnia Partners. Um, what are they leveraging in, these ba- in, the, in the battle for good labor?
3: They're leveraging the relationships that Omnia Partners has worked with and are experienced with. They're, they're leveraging that relationship. Yep you Know uh, we talk about speed to savings or speed to a contract in this, it's it's just speed to resources in general, right? I think you mentioned earlier, Greg, to hire somebody right. to, to, to pull in because they're you know they're limited in time and resources. You don't have to hire somebody,
2: that's the
0: decision. For free
3: of charge, right? right. Talk well, to us, yeah. That resource, and I mean, to exactly what Barb's
0: that. saying speed, speed, and, and already negotiated contracts. But what really people don't know and what people can't see is, is that, don't forget, you know, we've got access to six to 800 world-class organizations. Right. The, the who's who of the fortune list, right? These individuals interface with us and interact with us and part of our process is a confidential sharing of information and knowledge that we are a repository for, for no other organization in the world has the access and repository of information, data, and best practices than anybody else does. Even the analyst houses, the Aberdeens, and no disrespect to any of them, SIA, they also don't have, they're not part of, of this organization that can speak daily to these fortune companies. So when a fortune company asks me, McDonald's approaches me and says, what are the best practices? Right. I can speak to them not based in, in you know analogies, not based in anecdotal evidence. I can say, I just had a conversation with Cargill. I just met with General Mills. It's specific, so here are some golden nuggets. That's that the beauty that you, of right, the conceptually, right. yes. Yeah, so here's
3: what we're seeing in the marketplace, and there's no fee attached, right? Just conversation I love it. and resources. I feel like
1: there ought to be a fee attached to this episode. Agreed, don't you? We'll put it behind a paywall. Seriously, like, this is powerful stuff.
2: It's a relationship. It's
3: great insight.
2: It is. It's a relationship and insights and information supply it. chain that he, that that y'all are really leading and, and offering yeah. in many ways. Um, and it goes upstream and downstream. We got reverse side. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you got a whole, a whole shebang. So, so
0: we were, so were talking about relationships. Yeah. Is it, is, it, is it too early to talk about divorce now, or is that? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's too late now. <laughs> now you already moved. It's too late. <laughs> <Yeah. Don't put laughs> up that I, <laughs> I moved the chat. I moved the chat.
2: So, I want to keep going down this path. Uh, you know, we get a lot of feedback, and folks are like, well, well tell me more about what. You know, we got it on, on the previous webinar with yeah. Omnia Partners. What? How can they help me? How can they help me, the president or the uh, uh, chief HR officer or a manufacturing leader? Let's go down that road a little bit more. So, uh, relationships clearly speed the move, right? Speed the contract. Whatever phraseology you look at, that market intel from 600 to 800 movers and shakers across global industry.
3: Right. Call it speed. I like to knowledge. that. Hey,
2: I like your, what was that, Barb?
3: Speed to knowledge, Speed right? Speed to knowledge.
2: I like that. So what else would you add to that list of, of resources that you are bringing to, to the battle, the war for talent? Well, we, you know, I, I think here at Omni Partners, we
0: created an expertise, right? An expertise in a portfolio that heretofore wasn't, you know, procurement organizations didn't look at a procurement group like you've got that expertise. Right. We've got now, you know, it's it, we our our first supplier in the category has been with us almost twenty years. Yep. And so even myself coming from the industry, we have, as Barb pointed out, Barb's got a lot of experience. Our staff have a lot of experience within the human resource category. I, I, a couple of quick examples. I. I will write RFPs if they choose to do so for some of the members. I will write RFPs. That we said. RFPs. Okay.
1: I will sit ex- like reading them. I can't even imagine <laughs> writing them. Uh, then I got to read them, and then I
0: got to score them. <laughs> right. And, and so I have been with our members on their committees to select the right supplier for them. Yeah. And so that's the expertise to Barb's point. We do a lot of things that are again, not to disparage. In fact, I'm trying to mimic it. it is you know like an Accenture type. Process right sure. that we can. So when organizations look and they say, "This is a procurement organization, right?" It's a procurement group. Right. You can do that too, and yes, we can. And by the way, as as do a it fe- well as a feature of yeah. being a member, you don't have to pay a right. six-figure
2: number for to us to access. help you do that. Wow! So we heard something before the show, Greg, about uh, how this dynamic duo would hit the road. I think y'all open for. Um, What's a a cool group right now that's touring?
1: Tedeschi Trucks.
2: There we go. You're opening for Tedeschi (laughs) Trucks, whoever they are. Um, But cutting aside, you're going out and kind of going to the Gimba, you're whiteboarding, you're kind of getting, putting your finger on the pulse of what organizations need uh, both in a common sense but also very uniquely, right? So if I look at sectors like the manufacturing industry, one plant versus another plant, you can have vastly different needs. Tell us about that, because that seems to be part of this Accenture-styled
0: it, approach, it, right? It is. It's a very, it's available to all our members. a very consultative approach uh, of combination of things, whiteboarding, wage and rate assessments and analysis. These are very in-depth studies that we can help them evaluate, especially where you are today in the spectrum of, do I have a healthy MSP? Do I need an MSP? Um, Is it better to have a master supplier? Should I have more staffing companies or less staffing companies? All that, we can help them in a process by which it's non-intrusive, there's no cost to them, and frankly, it accelerates. Again, if you're not doing it already and you don't have the resources to get it started, that's why we can be able to offer that to our membership.
2: Yeah. All right, Greg. We've covered a lot of ground in 30 minutes' time or so with Tim and Barb, a lot of good stuff. I'm fighting myself to go a little deeper here. I know. Here and I here. know. Well, what, well this what? is an
1: important topic, and yeah. it feels like there's a lot we could could go deeper on. Yeah. But um, I I just have to ask this question, part. Oh, this is my favorite part. <laughs> oh. You never know what comes <laughs> out of his mouth. Well, when um, <laughs> some of the stuff that Tim has described, right? Right. That's a service that you perform at no charge. I just want to make sure I heard that when they use you to help them with with contingent workforce sourcing right we're not actually we're not actually putting tim on the payroll at these companies you're just volunteering this additional work as a value-added service is that right
3: yeah i would say even to go a step further if you're not yet a member of amnia partners which i wouldn't understand You can still... Very subtle. Did well, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> you could also um, rely on the resources of our organization and the specialties that Tim brings to the table to go through that process. Right. You know, that might be something that you... Just a whiteboarding session or... Well, process
0: and, we, and, and we have a great stable of analysts that are world-class. So they can analyze our members' data. They can produce reports that are usable. And so we highly, we highly encourage Hey, I'm a
2: Tim. I love, did you did you add, hear that little additional phrase he added? Not just reports, right? right? TPS reports that no one ever uses. <laughs> but reports that you can use. The yeah. important data, yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Information. Actionable. Exactly. Yes. Not just busy work. Exactly. And so
0: I would encourage anybody that, you know, is looking to take advantage of this, especially if they're in the states or the, in the cities of Key West, in Honolulu uh, especially is <laughs> i i have i will i will be there for them
1: <laughs> i'm we'll there work for, for them we'll be the sunshine right yeah.
0: Yes, yes. We don't have enough members How in Key Miami? West. I How do you
1: feel about Miami? Would you want to work <laughs> Well, it's not bad. <laughs> Very nice.
2: The magic city. All right. So now uh, we've got several hundred of our closest friends in uh, the exhibition hall. We're going to take some questions from them. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. It um, <laughs> good. I hope they caught my look on camera there. Yeah. <laughs> so let's make sure um, you know, stories. Well, think. Think story time. You know, think of y'all's time on the road. I know it's, the last 18 months has been tough, but but think recent conversations. Heck, think some conversations y'all are having here, right? Uh, in a moment, we're going to make sure folks know how to, how to connect with you, and, and uh, we'll get that out there. But what have we not talked about in terms of some recent conversations y'all have had that further illustrates uh, the value that y'all bring to the table, and for that matter, the really cool conversations y'all have been part of as a part of doing what you do day in and day out. Yeah. me it looks well, like Well, I
0: mean, the strength of what we do and who we are is not only our internal resources, but really it's our suppliers, right? And it's how we selected them uh-huh. and how we have vetted them and how successful they have been. So one of the things that one of my key suppliers does is especially, again, to address the, the dire, dire you know, labor problems is, is that they've got analytics that are really quite awesome, that where they're helping our members look at a market, determine how, you know, things like, how many openings are in the market? What's the labor supply in the market? What are the wages doing? So that they are really providing actionable things. Right. Again, you, know, you what do they say? You're only as good as your team behind you. Right.
2: Or the data you have access to. It, it seems like to me, what, if I can interject for a second, one of the ways you are leveraging your suppliers is put, again, it goes back to this information that you're informing them uh, in a way that then they can act and, and whether it comes to negotiations, whether it comes to uh, job descriptions, whether it comes to whatever aspect of that uh, attract, develop, retain talent strategy is, they're more in the know, right? So they can their action can be more successful. That's it, what I'm hearing.
0: It, it, it is, and their databases for their particular company and, and industry and clientele base is powerful, right? So if they if they can help a company go, look, if you want to be successful on the spectrum of wages, you need to be here. It's valuable stuff. Yeah. Because they know. It's not, again, I don't I'm not big into anecdotal things anymore, right? I can tell you how, you know, we can use in interesting terms, but it comes down to what is really factual, what is actionable. Right and and that's what they come up with for a member so that a members like we've been struggling struggling and sometimes they don't want to hear companies don't want to hear the reality of it you know the reality is is that you're at $14 you should be at 19 even if you increase $2 you're not it's not going to be dramatic you're not going to see anything dramatically change right yep. and so they help they help our members to you know get to that point yeah. of success versus versus telling them what they want to hear. Sometimes right. right now, you know, it doesn't it doesn't help anybody to tell you what you want to hear. It's <laughs> it's about the realities of this labor market which by the way, we're we're in this for a good 6 to 12 months without I think any significant gyrations one way or the other. So I think we're I think we're in a period of at least twelve months okay. before we see anything significantly change. Okay. So it sounds like By
1: significantly change. What do you mean? As well, I mean, rates or I mean I mean I
0: mean where you start to where you start to see companies not 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 feel that absolute and significant upward pressure of wages, where you see companies that don't have 120 openings with a workforce of 500 employees. Right. Those are the kind of things that are so dramatic right now, that that very likely, based on what we see and what we have over the next 12 months, that's not going to change dramatically. Right. And even after that point, nobody has crystal ball, right, but even after that point, I think it will be a slow change versus, oh, after 12 months, it'll be great. It's not going to be great right. after 12 months, and well, it, but it'll get better. It right. is getting better.
2: We like good news, but <laughs> the reality is, what you just shared there about the labor market, the reality is it's even worse for the computer. Semiconductor market, right? That, that We're here in the uh, end of 2022, beginning of yeah. 2023, you name it. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. And and I love what you are bringing to the table to help business leaders get through these incredibly challenging times. Yeah. Hey, Barb, we got, um, if you had one more thing to add before I, I make sure folks know how to connect with you, whether it's, whether it's a message I've already shared that folks need to make sure they listen to or something we forgot to bring up. You're, you, get our, you get one of the final thoughts here today, Barb.
3: No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at <laughs> all. Um, I, Tim mentioned uh, pay, pay rates, pay. We spoke a lot about attracting talent, retaining talent. And I believe that we need to, um, even the chip shortage, right? Yeah. This all circles back to talent and people and the value and the benefits that we place on those people whether it's from their work environment, whether it's from their benefits package or their pay rate, right? It's it's just a, a circular event. And so you've got um, on top of the talent acquisition, the, the labor strain that we have today, those same HR or leaders of organizations are, I mean, they're looking at everything, not just how to attract the talent, but then the benefits to retain that talent, right. the pay structure, right. the entire, you know, how are we organized? Right. How do we keep them safe? Right? Great so point. There's just a lot going on that these organizations are dealing with, and we value that we're able to provide a resource to help them.
2: But you got to deal, you got to have adults at the table, right? Yeah. What, one thing, you got to deal with the experts. Uh, and, and a lot of what Barb and Tim is sharing here today, that's what I hear in my ears. You're, you you.
1: Nobody's going to be surprised that I'm a big fan of this approach. <laughs> I mean... Um... Look, I started a lot of companies. We're doing a company right now where we're outsourcing a significant number of talent, and we are experiencing in some areas exactly what you both have described here. We don't know what the hell great is, and we don't know how to get there. And having a resource that you can go to, I know, I know. (laughs) Believe me, my head is spinning. Um, But having a resource that can get you there instead of making that mistake for three or six or nine months and falling months and months or maybe years behind your competition while they have it grooved. I think you, you talked a lot about speed and I think it is speed is what a lot of what you all offer but I think it's even more fundamental than that right in this instant it's access simple access is what you can provide so you can access those six to eight hundred potential suppliers or those those recruiting resources or obviously talented people like this that, that can help you know that can help companies get over the line to be that much better. Mm. And I think that is what is really important is a lot of companies don't even have access to the talent or the resources that they need. And that's why the supply chain and procurement and human resources have all stumbled Absolutely. during this time and, and are probably not coming out of it as quickly as we could have right. if we knew better what to do. And I think this is the time when organizations like this who already have accumulated this mass of talent, mass of speed, and mass of access right. can really value, you know, provide a tremendous amount of value to companies.
2: I agree, and I think it goes back to something Tim's I thought you were going
1: to say not no. so fast, my friend.
2: <laughs> 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 I agree almost wholeheartedly, but I think it goes back to something Tim shared as to why it's so challenging is because some of the foundational aspects of workforce management and the labor market management have changed because we... Have changed, and what we yeah. want, and you—you you really, uh, I like how you really spiked the football on that point because it's a really important acknowledgement. So, on that note, we hate to bring things to a close, but—but but, uh, I, I know you really
1: hate to, in this I point. really do. Yeah. this is
2: to your point, Barb. The people are the power, right? Yeah. In, in this day and age of technological innovation and—and and you name all those disruptions, which are beautiful things. The people are still what makes global business happen. Yeah. So uh, let's make sure folks know how to connect with you both. And Tim, I'll start with you. Uh, not only are you clearly a uh, contingent workforce solutions specialist, but you're a comedian and humorous on the side, right? Right. I make at least 20 bucks a week doing that. So,
0: yeah,
1: I have a feeling it could be really good, it's, right? I mean, I'm, just the fact that you are also interesting.
3: I've seen him perform. It's good. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> cool.
1: All
0: right. So, so. Interesting. Uh, I think that's really pushing it. <laughs> All right. So how can folks connect with you, Tim? Uh, so they can reach me on LinkedIn, uh, definitely at my profile. They can also reach me off of our Omnia Partners website. Um, and um, certainly uh, look forward to hearing from you. Both, both our members
2: and companies that are interested in membership. Yeah. Wonderful. And that's Tim Holland with Omnia Partners. All right, Barb, how can folks connect with you?
3: I am all over LinkedIn. She is. So <laughs> we can verify that. Feel free to reach out. And uh, our website, www.omniapartners.com, uh, you can find us. It's
1: just that's that the easy. best representation of a website I've ever
3: seen. <laughs> I've been that practicing awesome. from my commercial <laughs> debut. That was awesome.
2: <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right. So we've been chatting. That's Barb Sexton, Vice President, Partner Development, Corporate Services, also with Omnia Partners. As we mentioned, Tim Holland, Contingent Workforce Solutions Specialist. Man, I am not envious of y'all's roles, the challenges that y'all are helping organizations through. But it's so important. It makes us feel so good that we have uh, yeah, business leaders doing just that. It could, could be worse. Right. You
1: could be the people that need Barb and Tim. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, it, Because what we've just discussed here is a huge impact on business, and it's a huge hindrance to so many businesses right now. So having a resource like this, you guys being able to dive in and help so significantly, so quickly, and then also move on to the next company that's gotta be a fun, uh, effort for you right now. So we well really what you
2: guys are doing. Yes, we do. Uh, all right. So folks, hopefully you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Be sure to check out OmniaPartners.com. Uh, check out SupplyChainNow.com if you like more of these conversations. Hey, be sure to check out all the thought leadership that will be coming out of Connections 2021 right here in Miami. We are not going to share all the details. Some of it is confidential, right? Like mojitos. What happens
1: in Little Havana Yacht, yeah. stays in Little
2: <laughs> Havana. <yeah. laughs> okay. All right. But hey, be sure to connect with Barb and Tim. And on that note, uh, on behalf of uh, Greg and Amanda and Vicky and our Supply Chain Now team, hey, do good, get forward, be the change that's needed, and we'll see you next time right here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks everybody.
3: Thanks
0: for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community.